catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning, September 9th. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. A former Gainesville police officer filed a lawsuit in December for racial discrimination by the police department's K-9 unit. The allegations paint a picture of normalized racism among the K-9 team, including the regular use of the N-word to describe the city's black residents and officers. The same canine unit was the focus of community backlash over the summer after a traffic stop ended in the mauling of black resident Terrell Bradley. I spoke with WUFT's Report for America Corps reporter Katie Heisen about what this means in Gainesville and on a national scale. Edward Ratliff served as an officer for the Gainesville Police Department for about 13 years and became the only African-American on the canine unit. In December, he filed a lawsuit for racial discrimination against the city of Gainesville for his experiences on that unit. Together, his allegations paint a picture of normalized racism on the team, including regular use of the N-word to describe black residents and officers. What's the context as to why this is an important lawsuit to be reporting on? The reason I reported this now is that This unit became the focus of community backlash this summer when a traffic stop ended in a GPD canine mauling a black resident, Terrell Bradley. Some community members have been claiming racial bias in this department, and this lawsuit adds a former canine officer's voice to those claims. The maiming of Terrell Bradley received national attention, but the lawsuit hasn't made the news until now. And a federal court recently scheduled Ratliff's case to be heard in April. What were some of the things that were part of the racial discrimination that Ratliff is alleging to have faced at the canine unit? So the suit contains a lot, including claims of worker compensation, retaliation, Um, disparate treatment as a Black employee, but I think most relevant to people wanting justice for Terrell Bradley are the descriptions of the culture on the unit. This is a lawsuit, so these are all allegations and the police department declined to comment, but it describes racial slurs as being embedded in the everyday language of the canine unit and that employees had no fear of being disciplined for them. I actually hesitate to recount some of what the lawsuit describes because it is so racially inflammatory. I think what stood out to me most in terms of community relevance was the use of the N-word to describe Black residents on the east side of Gainesville, and also a remark the suit claims the current canine team supervisor made that one retired canine had, quote, bit a lot of N-word, plural. What's the tie between this local story and national trends when it comes to canine use of force? So I actually spoke with a former deputy chief for the U.S. Department of Justice who investigated canine use in departments across the country. And she said in every department, canines were disproportionately used against black people and that she saw mauling similar to Terrell Bradley's many times. What should the takeaway for readers be? Local readers should be paying attention. This is our shared police force who have taken oaths to serve our community, which includes more than 28,000 Black residents who pay taxes to support those officers' salaries. So if true, the claims in this lawsuit make it harder to 
dismiss the voices of community members who don't hold power or public office, but have been speaking out for a long time. That was WUFT's Report for America Corps reporter Katie Heisen on new developments in the GPD K-9 unit case. As an update to the story after Heisen was interviewed, Gainesville Police Chief Lonnie Scott announced Thursday that both the Internal Affairs Investigation and an outside consulting firm found no violation of policy in Terrell Bradley's arrest. Two officers were placed on paid suspension as a result of conduct revealed by the investigation. However, Scott declined to specify which officers or what conduct until the new investigation concludes. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. A surge of tropical moisture will produce rounds of heavy rainfall and increase the risk of flooding from the Panhandle and northern Florida by the weekend. According to Florida Storms, surface analysis from Wednesday revealed a nearly stationary front that, combined with a slow-moving area of low pressure, will contribute to the potential for heavy rain and flooding across northern and central Florida. It's estimated that rainfall over the next seven days could approach three inches, with pockets of more than a half foot possible from the Forgotten Coast to the Sun Coast. Gainesville's single-family zoning elimination faces pushback from the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity. According to the Independent Florida Alligator, the department sent a letter Thursday to the city that recommends Gainesville commissioners reconsider the amendment. They joined the Alachua County Commission, who sent a recent letter to the city expressing similar concerns. The department's letter argued that creating additional units would only serve the city's renters, largely consisting of UF students, not the majority of residents. City officials that voted in favor of the ordinance say that the state's recommendation is an effort to limit increases to affordable housing. Governor Ron DeSantis is ordering flags in Florida to be flown at half-staff for Queen Elizabeth II, who passed away on Thursday. The directive, which followed a proclamation from President Joe Biden, is a display of respect to the Queen and the United States ally, the United Kingdom. Both Biden and DeSantis's orders lower flags in public buildings to half-staff until the queen, who died at age 96, is buried. Managers of the Artemis I launch mission said Thursday that they will conduct another fueling test to ensure that all hydrogen leaks are plugged. A series of hydrogen fuel leaks and other problems halted back-to-back -back launch attempts last week. According to the Associated Press, if that test goes well and if the Space Force extends a flight safety waiver, then NASA could have another chance to launch the 322-foot rocket in late September. NASA wants to send the capsule into lunar orbit on a trial run before putting astronauts on the next flight in 2024. That around-the-moon mission would pave the way for the first human moon landing in 50 years, currently scheduled for 2025. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Friday.